Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Well, you may be seated, but only if you promise to give. World Christian Ministries, a huge round of applause. Okay, you'll be pleased to know I won't preach for very long because uh, it's Mother's Day. I'm sure that perhaps some of you are rushing home to cook dinner for your mums or maybe hopefully have dinner cooked for you. You never know. But as it's Mother's Day, I thought we'd look at a mother in the Bible today. Now, I have to confess that this mother isn't my favorite Bible character. And I think you're going to find out why in a minute. So if you want to turn with me to Proverbs 31... So Proverbs 31, and I'm going to read the first verse, and then I'm going to flick over to verse 10. So it's the sayings of King Lemuel. The sayings of King Lemuel contain this message which his mother taught him. Verse 10. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She, melts, she makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with, dig, with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done and let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Wow, what a woman. Superwoman, I think. Well, this is a mother giving advice to her son about the type of woman he should marry, I guess. The type of woman that she wanted him to find. Now, I was a bit frustrated with this mother when I first read this chapter, I have to say, because, do you know, I think she might be setting up her son for a huge fall, don't you? Do any of you make your own bedspreads and build belted linen garments and sell them and get up before dawn to prepare breakfast for your whole household and all those things? No, no, nor do I, okay. So uh, men, would you like a wife that does all that for you? Yeah, there's somebody at the back there. <laughs> well, in your dreams, that's all I can say. <laughs> You know, I was a bit frustrated with this mum. And actually, whoever this king marries, tell you what, you would not want her for your mother-in-law, would you? Do you not get the impression that she might be going around the palace like this? You know? You wouldn't want her for your mother-in-law. 
But when I read this passage, I thought, it is in the Bible after all. There must be some pearls of wisdom in it. Rather than kind of thinking, I could never, ever attain to be superwoman, perhaps I need to look a little bit deeper and find out why this passage is in the Bible after all. So begrudgingly, I looked into it to see uh, what pearls of wisdom I could find about this woman. And I discovered that this mother was really talking about a woman who managed her life well. And I want to just talk to you just for less than 10 minutes about managing your life well. It's not just for women, it's for men as well. And uh, I don't know if any of you ever feel like you're a plate spinner. Do any of you feel like that? That you're kind of spinning all these plates and any time some of them might crash down because you've got too many spinning on the go? Uh, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that feels like that. But I, I kind of find that life is really busy. And one of the precious, most precious commodities in this day and age is time. Often we don't have the time to do a lot of things we'd like to do. Perhaps we don't have time to do things well or as well as we want to do. And, you know, whatever this woman did, this example of a woman, whether she was spinning cloth or making profitable dealings, being kind to the poor, whatever she was doing, she did it well. And if you break the categories down of what they're talking about, it covered every aspect of her life. Spinning cloth and preparing food for her family, that's her home life. Buying fields and planting vineyards and selling linen garments, that was her work life. Being kind to the poor and needy was her voluntary work. And being energetic and strong was her own personal health life. So every aspect of her life is covered in that chapter, and she did it well. Because it says, in all these areas, she had strength and dignity and had no fear of the future. But you know, it's easy, isn't it, to think we could all balance our lives well. But in reality, it's really hard. And so I just thought I'd put a few points together about why this woman was so successful in every area of her life. Now, in Romans 12, verse 6, I won't read the passage um, now, but it actually talks about whatever we do, do it well. Whether we're giving, give generously, whether we're serving, serve enthusiastically, whatever we're doing, it talks about doing it gladly and with enthusiasm. And the first thing I noticed about this example of a woman was that she did everything to the best of her ability. How do I know that? Because if she went around moaning and complaining about everything she was doing, her husband and children wouldn't praise her. And she wouldn't be successful. She wouldn't have that standing within the community to do her profitable dealings. So we need to be doing everything to the best of our ability. Now, you might think that that contradicts just what I've said, because you're probably thinking, how on earth do I put any more effort into everything that I'm already doing and do it really well? But in Colossians 4, it says to work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. And that's part of the secret, isn't it? If we're doing it for God, and if we think about serving God, that's kind of more of a weight off our mind. But you know, it also says that we should do everything without complaining or arguing. Well, that's also pretty difficult, isn't it? Everything without complaining. Now, Andy and I, Andy walked his 12 miles yesterday... And on the way back, we were staying in a hotel. We got a special deal, and this hotel had a pool and a jacuzzi. We were really excited about that, you know. And uh, anyway, on the way back, Andy was saying, the only thing that's keeping me going is the thought of getting in that jacuzzi. So we got back to the hotel, and off we tootled down to the jacuzzi, got changed, went in there. The jacuzzi was broken. Can you believe it? Anyway, we kind of 
went back to our hotel, we were feeling a bit, you know, deflated. And we kind of had to say, do you know, we've just walked 12 miles for those women who have absolutely nothing, not even a nice bed to lie on and relax on. They walk miles to work, they walk miles to get their food and water. And you know, how dare we complain because our jacuzzi is broken. Let's put things in perspective. When I visited Ethiopia the first time, uh, I decided that I wouldn't complain anymore because I'd seen such abject poverty. And these families were telling me that when the rain comes, it floods out their little shacks and they have to sit on the hillside in the rain until the rain subsides and they can go back to their shacks. And I decided I would never complain about the rain ever again until I was driving along Paynton Seafront in the middle of the summer and it was absolutely pouring it down with rain. And I kind of was, oh, I can't believe this weather. Oh, I just love the sunshine. I can't believe it's pouring it down with rain. What's happened to our summer? And then I was like, oh, I said I wasn't going to complain anymore. You know, it's so easy, isn't it, to slip back into complaining about what we have to do and about our lot in life. Proverbs 17 verse 22 says this, a cheerful heart is like good medicine. And if we do whatever we have to do with a cheerful heart, then that cheerful heart will make us healthy and strong to do whatever we have to do. And, you know, I, I think you've probably heard a lot about, uh, in self-help books, about positive mental attitude. Have we all heard about that? Positive PMA, positive mental attitude. Well, you'll be pleased to know that the Bible got there first, because in Proverbs 15:30 it says this, A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. So cheerfulness and doing things gladly makes for good health. So there's a bonus in there somewhere. And Henry Ford, a Ford Motor Vehicle, said this, You may think you can or you may think you can't. Either way, you are right. You get that? I thought it was quite clever, really. And uh, the other day I got up and uh, you can, you're just going to know that I'm really human now and, and I do do my fair share of feeling despondent and moany because I am human. I try very hard to be cheerful. Um, but I got up and my daughter had one on. She's, she's almost a teenager and uh, getting her out to school this particular morning was really, really hard work. And so we had a bit of a battle, but off she went and leaving me feeling really frustrated and down because it was the start of the day. You know when you've, you kind of get that feeling you've done a day's work before you even go to work? Yeah. So off I went to work and then I had to go to a meeting. Now I really didn't want to go to this meeting. I had loads to do in the office and I really could have done without this meeting. But uh, we, I opened up my Bible and I was looking for something in, in, in Psalms, but I, I opened up at Proverbs and just happened to look down and my eyes caught on this verse. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. And you know, I thought, I need an attitude check here. I need to have a happy heart. And so I kind of told myself off and said, pick yourself up and get on with this day. Do you know, I had the best day ever. Everything just went incredibly right. I had um, really great news when I got back to the office. Then I had a donation for Women of Worth that was really amazing. The local paper rang me and wanted to do an article. My day just got better and better. Do you know, check your attitude, because if you do things with a great attitude, gladly and enthusiastic, we will feel so much better inside. Secondly, do not worry. It says that she laughed without fear of the future. 
Now, Jesus had a whole passage. He had a lot to say about worrying. He told us not to worry about the clothes we wear or where our food's going to come from. Do not worry. And in Proverbs 14.30, it says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. So, you know, peace in our hearts leads to health. Worry is a really destructive emotion. And it it said that 90% of what we worry about doesn't come true. Now, I know that you worriers are therefore thinking, but what about the other 10%, aren't you? But you know, we sometimes have a what-if mentality. What if that goes wrong? And what if I go to the doctors and it's really bad news? And what if my child doesn't get into the school? And what if... And we worry about the future. What ifs? Well, let's turn it around. What if it doesn't happen? Because 90% of what we worry about doesn't happen... So let's change our way of thinking. What if my child gets into the best school? What if that that, um, test that I've had is negative because I trust in God? What if God's going to meet all my needs according to his riches in glory? What if everything I'm worried about doesn't happen? My dad took Hannah to the park, that's my daughter, when she was two years old. Now, he hadn't taken her to the park before. He wasn't really interested in her much as a baby. He liked, you know, when they get a bit older, a bit more fun. So this time he said, I'd like to take her to the park for you. Beautiful sunny day. I um, sat there in the garden. My dad had taken hands. I think, oh, great. Bit of sunshine, bit of relaxation. Me time. How wonderful. Me time. And I just imagined dad at the park with Hannah. And uh, then I thought about her on the climbing frame because she's a bit of a fearless child. And all of a sudden, my imagination thought about her falling off on her head, knocking herself unconscious and being rushed to hospital. And I thought, where did that thought come from? What if? And that, I didn't enjoy that afternoon at all then. My whole time of sitting in that sunshine was taken up about, oh, what if she falls over? What if dad doesn't do this? And what if he, he, you know, he, he gets distracted and she wanders off? And what a ridiculous time. She had a great time with dad. She came back healthy and well, but I'd wasted my hour or so in the garden, worrying when I I didn't have to. And worry can cause you to lose sleep, it can give you headaches, it can give you indigestion, it can give you high blood pressure. Okay, don't worry about worrying now, because that 90% of you won't get those things, okay? But I'm just encouraging you, be careful what you think, because it's very easy to go down a slippery slope and end up feeling really bad about things. Thirdly, it says she was energetic and strong. Romans 12 in the message says, don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Energetic and strong, so she could do all things well. Somebody said to me once, if you don't look after yourself, how can you look after other people? Now, it's taken me a long time of doing well Christian ministry, seven years. First few years, I rushed around like an absolute loony, and I still do really sometimes. But I've learned to put things in my life that actually help me to do well Christian ministries better. Don't always get it right, but you know, I'm really trying hard to think that if I'm not energetic and strong enough to do the job well, who will do what I'm doing? So it's about looking after yourself so that you can help others better. Fourthly, I love this one. This is my favorite point. She had help. It says she got up at dawn to prepare the day's work for her servant girls. Now, probably us mothers here are not lucky enough to have servant girls. I'm sure we'd like to, but probably we don't. But you know, the concept is there. She didn't do it alone. She wasn't superwoman after all. She had help. So don't be too proud to ask for help. I've been there and been stupidly too proud to ask for help. I made myself ill over it. 
Friends love to support each other, be there for each other, take, don't take advantage in the wrong way, take advantage of offers for help and don't try and go it alone because you won't do all things well if you try and do it all alone. Teamwork is so much better, two heads are better than one, all those things that they say. She had help, she wasn't superwoman. And lastly, and this really is the key point of it all, verse 30 said, a woman who fears the Lord, who has reverence and honor and respect for God and puts him first in all she does. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things in our life will be added to us if we put God first. And you know, it says in Proverbs, doesn't it, that Put the Lord, in, acknowledge the Lord in everything you do and he will direct your path. And that is the secret of being a successful person and managing your life well. It's acknowledging God first in your life. Because when you put God first, you will trust in him and you won't worry. You will read your Bible and see that it says to do everything cheerfully and gladly and extravagantly. And you know, your life will just take a turn for the better. I know it. My lovely dad, I rang this morning to speak to my mum, and uh, he is the most cheerful person you could ever meet. Sometimes it may be annoyingly cheerful, but he is unbelievable. And he has a spring in his step. He's in his 70s now, and he cycles, and he swims, and he takes the kids out to the local park. He even takes them to a wacky warehouse. Do you have those here where, um, you know, like the fun areas with death slides and all that kind of thing? And he goes in there with the kids. 70 years old last year, he was going down the death slide, full of energy and life. And, you know, it's a it's because he loves God with all his heart. His whole ambition is to be more like Jesus. And he, he, I rang in this morning to speak to my mum and he answered the phone and he said, have you looked out the window today? And I said, no, I haven't opened the curtains yet. So I went over and I saw oh, it's beautiful sunshine. And he said, yes, isn't it? Isn't it good to be alive? I just thought, it is, isn't it? It is when I have parents like that. How great is that? But I just want to encourage you to do life well and take that as an example of somebody who managed their life well in the Bible. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.